The following shiur has been delivered by Diane Yosef Greenwald, Diane at the Betavad. For more information or shiurim, please visit vshc.org or call 1-844-200-TSHC. That's 1-844-200-8742. We'll discuss something a little bit off the beaten track, but it's one of the main topics in our parsha, Parshat Akhrimot, as well as also being a very fundamental concept that's explored through the length and breadth of Mesechet Yivamot, those that are learning Dafyomi will find the concepts that we'll discuss illuminating and elucidating. The Pasuk tells us, One is not allowed to have two wives that are two sisters. Now I marry two sisters. This is, by the way, fundamentally different than any other one of the relationships, forbidden relationships of incest, that one is not allowed to marry. The other women that one is not allowed to marry, um, usually after the death of the party, if it's a relationship to marriage, a mother-in-law, for instance, you're not allowed to marry your mother-in-law. Not that I suspect that anybody would want to marry their mother-in-law. We're talking here about incest. And incest is a cardinal sin on the level of chiuve uh, karet or even uh, chavemita, and um, it's a story even after the death of his wife, where she's not his mother-in-law anymore; she's his former mother-in-law. Or if he divorced his wife, his mother-in-law is still his mother-in-law. His wife's sister is still his wife's sister even after he divorced his wife. But after she passed away, since the Torah tells us in the context of Litzror to have them married together, if one is not alive anymore, he's allowed to marry the sister. And that's what happens, unfortunately, sometimes. There's many stories of people, their wives, passing away tragically and marrying the wife's younger sister. That's why it's uh, permitted. In any case, the... The wording of the Pasuk, Lotikach Litzor, is a little bit interesting. The nature of the Isur, of Isure Arayot, of forbidden relationships, is in the, the, the Isur is in living together as man and woman. The Isur is not in the Lotikach. Lotikach refers to the act of marriage, of getting married. Of being Mikadesh and Isha, Kiddushin, is referred to as Kikach Ish Isha, and then the Torah says Uba'aleo, then he lives with her as man and woman. But the first stage, which is the Erusin, which makes them man and wife, is referred to, the Kinyan is referred to as Kitikach. Over here the Torah says Lotikach. It would sound like this in Isur, in the marriage. Now, one you'll say, yes, maybe he's not allowed to marry her. The problem is that when he marries, if a person would marry his sister, his mother, his mother-in-law, his daughter, you know, just put a ring on her finger in front of two Adim and say, it's of no halach validity. It's what we call in the Gemara, there's no tfisat kiddushin in erva. The marriage is null and void. So the act of doing something that has absolutely no halakhic consequence, it can't be considered doing anything. Somebody is to marry a, his sister, it's, it's, it's nothing. And yet the wording of the Pasuk, so Rav, uh, most of the Rishonim, most of the Poskim, uh, say, the, the Torah is telling you're not allowed to get married. Because you're not allowed to get married, therefore the marriage has no validity. What's left is, if he lives with her, as man and woman, then he 
is guilty of that sin of incest, of uh, of of having an intimate relationship with a close relative. But there's nothing with the marriage. What's interesting is that the Sefer Chinuch Mitzvah Rej, uh, Vav does say that the act of marrying a woman who he's not allowed to live with is a sore. We'll quote it. He says like this. He says, of course, the marriage, if he marries his sister, it's nothing, nothing's there. He doesn't have to give her a get. She's not an eshet ish. He's still not allowed to, he's violating uh, uh, the isur if he does marry her. The Torah says, don't marry her. Don't do the act of kinyan. If he does marry her, nothing happened. He's not married to her. There's absolutely no halakhic validity to the marriage. Good. This is a chidush of the Sefa Chinuch. The Minchat Chinuch raises eyebrows. What What type of Validity is there in a maaseh of kinyan, of marriage, where the kinyan is meaningless. But th- this is what he says. We'll, we'll just point out one issue, which raises a fascinating, very mesechet yivamot related uh, fundamental issue. And that is, there would seem to be at the end of yivamot, there seems to be a gemara, clearly that says not that way. The gemara in yivamot daf petet, Amud Aleph says that, talking about a story over there where a, a fellow went overseas, this is the chilek of the uh, Mesechet, at the end of the Mesechet, that talks about agunot problems, where women uh, would would be, not agunot the way it's used in the political present sense, where there's a fight between a, uh, a couple, the husband doesn't want to give his wife a get for whatever custody battles or money battles he's waging or, you know, just out of spite, and so, so on and so forth. The original term aguna was used where a husband disappeared, a man went on business, army, um, he was captured, and so on and so forth, and the woman can't, obviously can't get married. And there were always stories, and one of the main responsibilities that Gdole Hador saw as their own, and the Chuvas Varim are full of it, is uh, was very much working on collecting the evidence and going through the halakhically permissible ways of uh, of freeing these women. One of the last um, set of chuvot, I wouldn't say last, but it's uh, famous in the later uh, volumes of Chacham uh, Avadi's chuvot, are the chuvot that he wrote after the World Trade Center uh, tragedy in 2001. And over there also, there were several, unfortunately, several Jewish men who, you know, it was clear uh, that they were dead, but you really couldn't know, right? There were people that had nervous breakdowns. There are at least a few stories of people that had nervous breakdowns because they were on site and they forgot who they were. They had nervous breakdowns. They disappeared for months at a time. So obviously, there's always, obviously, in a time of war, in a time of uh, upheaval, Rabbi Ovadia was the one who wrote all the chuvot, uh, Baminan writing to Bimatir, the women of men who their bodies were lost in, uh, 1967, 1973 in the wars in Israel. In the Yom Kippur War, there were a lot of bodies that were never recovered. 
this is a uh, an area of halacha that comes up in uh, tragic circumstances. In any case, so what happens if a woman was permitted by the Bedin and unfortunately it turns out that there was mistaken evidence her husband was alive? It doesn't really happen because the Svarim tells the Siata Dishmaya that the Rabban won't get it wrong, but it could happen. Theoretically, it could happen and there have been stories. So, what happens if the husband disappears and uh, she married another woman? She was permitted, she married another man. She was permitted to marry. She married another man. He comes back. She's forbidden to both men because uh, the first one, she, so to speak, she uh, was unfaithful to the first husband. Not uh, because she didn't want to. It wasn't obviously it was it wasn't intent. But those are the facts. And the second one, she's not married to. So. She's not allowed to live with either one of them. Very tragic type of story. Um, the Gemara says, on Daf Peitet Aleph, that if a man, uh, if a woman in such a story didn't live with another man, she accepted Kiddushin from him, and there was Siata Dishmaya, and the, her original husband turned up before before the marriage was consummated, before they lived together as man and wife. In that type of circumstance, she's allowed to go back to her first husband, and the Gemara says very clearly, because she was not guilty of any Avera. And the question is asked, we just said from the Sefer Chinuch, that even accepting Kiddushin from another man, even if she was not intimate with him, but that itself is a sin. That itself is, a, is the Avera of Lotikach. This is a question that's asked by Mepharshim uh, against the Sefer Chinuch. And we'll just point out one approach. And this 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 um, will, will be Magdim, something which uh, has been written about. There's a famous story, I think it was in the 1960s, maybe even earlier, maybe in the 50s, and there was some type of Purim carnival in um, some place, you know, in some community. And by one of the Purim carnival booths, um, there was a boy who was over bar mitzvah, and he actually took something that was of minimal value, and he they made a mock wedding, and he was mikadesh, a young girl who was over twelve. Yisrael. There were two boys that were over bar mitzvah that were in the crowd, so there were edim. And the question is, he went to a Maisekadushin. And the uh, Poskim, this is a story that happened already 200 years ago. Everybody should discuss it also in his way. But um, obviously they, nobody really meant it, but they, they did the act without really meaning it. And it's clear they didn't really mean it. But it's clear that they did it. Um, the question is, what halachic validity does a Maiseh that's done without intent to really live with the implications of that Maiseh? Fascinating discussion. We're not going to go into what's discussed in the true vote. But point being that um, let's say the Kiddushin is not a Kiddushin. Would an Isser, would it be considered that an Isser was done? It would seem from the Gemara that we just quoted that not. And the fundamental approach would seem to be here to differentiate between forbidden familial relationships, incest, as opposed to the fact that Neshet Ish is, uh, can't get married to somebody else. There's a fundamental difference between the two and it goes like this. 
The Pnei Yeshua, one of the classic Mepharshim in the Sechet Gitin Daf Mem Gimel Amud Aleph, tells us that the reason why a married woman can't accept Kedushin, cannot become the wife of somebody else, uh, adultery, she can, not only is she forbidden in the sense of uh, an intimate relationship, but she, she, if somebody else were to marry her, if she'd run off on her husband and no get was given, she can't get married to somebody else. She's a sort to live with him, and she also doesn't become his wife if he'd be Mekadesher, without a get, without a kosher and valid get. That's not because she's, it's a forbidden relationship, like, like a sister, like a mother, like any other forbidden relationship. Rather, the Pnei Shua says, that what's going on is, is that the act of Kedushin defines uh, a woman who's not married, the act of Kedushin makes her, Tikach means he takes her. What does it mean? What does it mean a man takes a woman? He's koneher. She becomes his property? She becomes like his, uh, his truck? No. What it means is that she becomes his wife. She used to be Rachel and now she's Mrs. so-and-so. Mrs. Ploni. Mrs. Almoni. If she's already has a halachic identity as Mrs. A, she cannot become Mrs. B. The reason why she can't get married is not because of the source or more, but more just because it, it's not going to work because if something belongs to Reuven, then it can't be considered Shimon. If she is halachic, her halachic mitziut, her halachic identity is Mrs. Ploni, then she can't become Mrs. Almoni. That's just the way it is. Not because she's an eshet ish, so she's a forbidden relationship. The kedushin won't be chal because it has no meaning because she's already defined as Mrs. Somebody else. That being said, so it could very well be that what the Chinuch is saying is, is that incest is a sin, yes. Besides for that, besides for the intimacy between close relatives, which is Asur, the Torah tells us, Lotikach, you can't do an act of Kedushin. To discuss that in the sense of Isur is only because the woman is marriage material. You're talking about a woman who's not married. If he were to put a ring on, on his sister's finger, and he were to say, So the Chinuch would tell you that he, he was guilty of violating this Pasuk of Lotikach. Why is that? Because she is marriage material. You can't do a Maisa of Kedushin. The Torah doesn't want that at being a marriage. So the Torah said, it's not Chal, it doesn't become a valid marriage. But the act was an act of marriage. So therefore he's guilty. Marrying a married woman is an impossibility because she's married already. Marriage means a man taking a wife who's available and making her into a married woman. She is a married woman. So the act is beyond ridiculous. You can't make a married woman married. Again, it doesn't take away from the fact that adultery is an avera. We're talking here about the the Maisa Kinyin. And the Maisa Kinyin, you can't, it, it's not a Maisa Kinyin. You can't take something that is and turn it into. That doesn't make sense. Conceptually, it doesn't make sense. So therefore, the Gemara that says that no uh, Isur was violated is because it's talking about the Isur of Eshet Ish. We're not talking about a close relative. So, if you'd want to do a mock carnival and there would be a brother wanting to put a, f- a ring on his sister's finger and say, you do it for fun, you're talking about violating, according to the Chinuch, of Isur Deoraita. 
something to uh, something to think about. The post can bring it as such. According to the Chinuch, there's an Isur Doraita. Now let it go through that. Even as a mock wedding, it could very well be that if it's done with all the halakhic prerequisites, with kosher witnesses and so on and so forth, but there's an Isur Doraita. So that, that's something that comes out over here. We'll just point out one last thing. There's one other forbidden relationship, which is in Isur on... Uh, the living together as man and wife on the intimacy, but it's not an isur on the relationship, and that is isur nida. A man is married to his woman, and she's forbidden to him temporarily. The the relationship between the two of them is not invalid. It's the intimacy that's forbidden, but the relationship itself. If what happens if a uh, I mean we try to avoid it, we try to make sure that a wedding is scheduled, or we try to schedule things that uh kala on the night of her wedding should not be forbidden to the khatan. We work around it just because technically they can't go into the cheder yichud together and uh, they can't touch each other and they can't consummate their marriage. It's not the optimal situation. So we try to avoid it. But if it happened, and it could happen, um, so then, of course, the wedding, uh, we go through with the wedding. The Rambam says something interesting, however. The Rambam in, in Perek Dalid of Hilchot Ishut, Halakha Yudbet. The Rambam says that even though Kiddushin is Tofsin Binida, a marriage, if he's Konehered, of course they become man and wife, but, no Ra'ui La Sotkach. We, we don't, uh, I mean, we, we don't, we don't follow that opinion. Halakhically, most of the Rishonim hold there's nothing wrong. But the Rambam seems to say, the Rambam is not in the Chinuch's camp that there's something wrong with uh, doing a Kinyan on a woman that's forbidden. Over here, you're, you're, you should be... The Rambam says there's a Lechatkila not to marry a woman, not to perform the marriage ceremony when she's in a state of impurity, when she's in a state of Nida. And the question is, why would that be? And based on what we just said, it could very well be that even if you don't hold like the chinuch, that's because you hold that a marital act that's not uh, that's not chal, that doesn't become a reality, has if it has no halachic validity, it's not considered an act of marriage. So that's the way you would argue on the chinuch by any relationship where the marriage doesn't become a, uh, a marriage. But over here the marriage does become a marriage. And you're bringing close a woman that you're forbidden to live with, not to. That that would seem to be a sub uh, point over here. Again, we don't pass in that way. We try to avoid situations where a kala by her own wedding is forbidden to the husband for technical reasons, but there's nothing wrong with it per se. This audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halakha Center. The center is committed to advancing research and application of halakha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a halachic consultation, monetary bedin services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha Journal, or for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email info at org to subscribe.